This week, we lost Biz Marquis, one of hip-hop's most fascinating figures. Biz was raised on Long Island and became one of the most important rappers to cross over into the mainstream in the late 1980s and early 1990s. Biz was so significant in promoting the culture of hip-hop to the world, inserting himself into guest appearances on Beastie Boys albums, educating people on beatboxing, sharing his enthusiasm for the art of vinyl. One of the things that really resonates with me is Biz's alignment with the Red Hot Organization, a group founded to expand awareness of AIDS in the black male community. This episode is dedicated to Biz Marquis and his love of music and knowledge. My name is Micah McKee. I'm a songwriter, and this is American 100. Broadcasting from the musical center of the universe into the vast stretches of the universe, this is American 100. Welcome to American 100, the show where we discuss the random and not-so-random beauty of music. This is my robot companion, Rando. Hello. And at the end of every episode, Rando randomly selects two numbers and a year on the Billboard Hot 100 chart for us to discuss for the next week. And this week, the year is 2004. And the numbers are 36 and 67, which correlate with White Flag by Dido and Headsprung by LL Cool J. So without further ado, let's go back to the year 2004. You know what I'm saying? That's all it is. Watch your back. So we'll Watch agree. your back, because you might get hit. Yeah. Can you give us some uh, definitions of the LLs in LL. your name? LL stands for Ladies Love Legend and Love Long and Lean Love of Ladies. Last of the Red Hot Love is looking for a little, looking, learning, the one you're liking. Just a lot of L's, you know what I'm saying? Ladies Love Legend and Leather Long and Lean and I Don't Wear Pleather. Last of the Red Hot Loving MCs looking for a little. That's my theory. It goes quick like lightning. Too exciting. Lover of ladies. Don't allow biting. Level-headed leader. Toy boy feeder. Good love life and a rhyme by the beater. Look and learn. The one you're liking, listening, you will love what I'm writing. Ladies love, long, hard, and lean, and now you know what LL means. LL Cool J is one of rap music's great students. Born James Todd Smith, he loved rapping and listening to hip-hop music from the time he was a child. At eight years old, while visiting family in Long Island, James heard a cassette tape from a Bronx rap group called the Cold Crush Brothers. It blew his mind. Check out my man, they call Cody Jones. We got DJs, one more in three. I'm with the Carolinagist DJ. Let's DJ. And we're the top talking brothers. Hell, hell. In 1984, James was 16, and his mother, a nurse's assistant, used her entire tax return to buy him this, a Korg drum machine. James would amass a tiny studio of turntables, drum machines, and a mixer in order to bring his love of hip-hop to life. The young LL Cool J met like-minded MCs and DJs at high school talent shows and rap battles. And in 1985, he made the difficult decision to drop out of high school in order to pursue music full-time. This gamble paid off. I need a beat. 
LL Cool J sent his demo tapes everywhere, and many record labels rejected them. Until this demo, I Need a Beat, landed in the hands of a young Rick Rubin from Def Jam Records. This track has an energy to it that showed nothing but promise. Here was this 16-year-old kid from Queens, a total music nerd, who also had style, confidence, and technique. LL took cues from his rap ancestors, Cold Crush, Cool Modi, and Grandmaster Flash, but laser-focused on his own sense of lyrical playfulness and impeccable vibe. Rick Rubin and Def Jam signed LL Cool J, and his journey into rap stardom had begun. Most folks think that LL Cool J just popped onto the scene without warning, fully formed and ready to rap. But it had taken him an entire childhood full of hip-hop appreciation and practice to land a deal with Def Jam. And LL Cool J would continue to be a student of hip-hop, expanding his palette accordingly. By the early 1990s, rap lyricism had developed a different sense of sophistication, and thanks largely to the influence of artists like Eric B. and Rakim. Featured on Eric B. and Rakim's classic album, Paid in Full, was producer Marley Marl. Marley Marl is one of those guys that gets referenced in every single East Coast rapper's flow at some point or another. He's just one of the most influential creators in hip-hop ever. And in the early 90s, he teamed up with LL Cool J. And armed with a remix by Easy Moby, LL Cool J released one of his most impressive and mind-bending lyrical classics, Pink Cookies in a Plastic Bag, Getting Crushed by Buildings. I take 30 electric chairs and put them in a classroom. 30 MCs and set them free from bad doom. Just like a tomahawk cuts through the wind when we begin. The wheel of fortune, it spins. Holding. The rhythm like elastic molding. Your whole body like plastic. So I try to deny what you already know you love up above. On this easygoing yet lyrically dense track, LL Cool J presented his audience with evidence of his hip hop tutelage. It's clear here that he's taking a page right out of West Coast hip-hop with this flow and delivery. And this remix by Easy Moby, a man who wasn't afraid to produce both Biggie and Tupac recordings, further drove this point home. LL Cool J boldly went coast to coast with his musical influences and inspiration. He's always had a keen sense of understanding of how hip-hop changes, and that in order to stay the least bit relevant, it helps to change with the times. And throughout the annals of hip-hop history and trends, appearing and reappearing in the time stream like a wandering scientist, there's been a producer that's seen it all, and not only lived to tell the tale, but thrived and flourished. What? Yo, 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 yo. With a style that is instantly patented and recognizable, yet never tired or unoriginal, 
producer Timbaland hailed from Norfolk, Virginia. He has a complex and elegant approach to beat making. His work features dueling rhythms and melodies and textures, but he never lets the composition get overcrowded. Minimalist on paper, maximalist in essence. And when LL Cool J teamed up with Timbaland, they brought us a track that would reach number 67 on the Billboard year-end Hot 100 of 2004. They call me Big LA. Here, LL Cool J and Timbaland lean into Southern rap with an East Coast sensibility. Released on June 7th, 2004, as the lead single from his 11th record, The Definition, this is Headsprung. recorded club tracks before, but none quite this heavy. This chorus is incredibly infectious, and it really speaks to the melodic sensibility of Timbaland. But it also speaks to the unselfishness of LL Cool J as a songwriter and his ability to share the ball. LL Cool J was criticized for this performance, the main critique being that he tended to get overpowered by Timbaland's seismic beat. But this is exactly what LL Cool J wants to do. He's blending in, letting us, the listener, know that he's just like us, one of the party people, lost in the darkness and the laser lights. This down-to-earth, freewheeling charm is exactly what propelled LL Cool J to stardom in the first place, almost 20 years prior to this hit. What a wonderful gift it must be to be able to recognize your strengths and to rely on them for a musical lifetime. 2004 was a banner year for this brand of rambunctious, party-centered club rap. And incidentally, Timbaland had several hits on the charts that year. In fact, his biggest was the classic club anthem, Yeah, featuring Usher, Ludacris, and Lil Jon. Timbaland's production on that song is definitely the star feature, and Yeah was the biggest song of 2004 by a mile. Part of studying pop music is learning about who's capable of making hits and why they are. 
When LL Cool J teamed up with Timbaland, he proved that he was a model student. Coming up, the language of emotion in pop music and one of its most fluent speakers. You're listening to American 100. Hey folks, thanks for listening to American 100. I'm Micah McKee and I wrote the original music for this show and produced it along with Asher Griffith. And if you like content like this, then uh, think about dropping something in our jar. Head over to patreon.com slash cicada radio. Even a pledge of as little as a dollar a month means the world to us. We do this show because we love music and we love radio. So head to patreon.com slash cicada radio and uh, help us out if you can. Thanks. This is the Icelandic band Sigaros. Much of their lush, ethereal music features a made-up language called Hopelandic. It's a language not based on grammar and mechanics, but emotion. Sigaros came to prominence in the early 2000s, a musical era where many pop and rock artists were trying to reconnect with their emotions after the horrors of 9-11 and the ensuing opportunistic wars in the Middle East. This is one of the most fascinating periods in modern music, in large part because of the strange space that singer-songwriters occupied in this time. singer-songwriters turned to folk music to help them untangle their heartstrings. In March of 2004, Joanna Newsom released her landmark album, The Milk-Eyed Mender. It was one thread in an expansive, psychedelically-inspired folk tapestry in the early 2000s, a movement critics dubbed Freak Folk. Artists like Devendra Banhart, Animal Collective, and Six Organs of Admittance found a sizable niche with this movement, and the language of emotion became front and center.
At the very same time in 2004, in the UK, George Michael would release his final studio album, Patience. George Michael was one of the greatest British songwriters who ever lived. His talent for bold, emotional songwriting that simultaneously empowered the listener while also tapping into our vulnerabilities was unmatched. In many ways, his final record epitomized pop music in the UK in the early 2000s. Pop music in 2004 was at a transitional crossroads, trying to make up its mind between expansive, lush, moody club music and stark emotional melodrama. In the US, it was pretty much either or. But in the UK, performers were able to strike a bit of a balance. And the British singer-songwriter known as Dido struck this balance better than most. With one light on and one run I know you're up when I get home Appropriately born on Christmas Day in the momentous musical year of 1971, Dido is truly a gift. Dido's music is a special blend of confessional and earnest pop with multi-layered lush production and instrumentation. She took all of the best parts of artists like George Michael's sensibilities and combined them with late 90s folk rock a la Cranberries and Sarah McLachlan. In fact, Sarah McLaughlin invited her to perform at her legendary Lilith Fair in 1999. Dido, unlike many of her contemporaries, though, is anything but coffee shop music. Her ability to convey the language of emotion is made possible by her use of extremely atypical melodies and clever storytelling structure. Just listen to the first verse of her 1998 hit, Thank You. So catchy, yet so alien from anything you'd normally hear on pop radio. It almost feels like a screenplay or the beginning of a novel. The first line of the verse is clearly an establishing shot. The second line zooms in a bit. The third is a presentation of conflict. And the fourth is emotional resolution. It's no wonder that this song became her first UK-US crossover hit and propelled her to international stardom. Dido's capacity for ingenious lyrical and melodic structure, 
deeply nestled and emotional landscapes is certainly special. And it's this skill that gave her the number 36 song on the Billboard Hot 100 of 2004. This track is quintessential Dido, putting on display her trademark offbeat soundscapes. Synthesizers beneath an orchestra, with a chime and a bell as a cherry on top. And then, yet another atypical, thought-provoking verse melody. I know you think that I shouldn't still love you, I'll tell you that. But if I did, Dido said that this song got her into trouble. And while we may never know exactly just what that means, it's clear that this song is about not giving up on a romance that ship has sailed. But instead of wallowing in desperation, Dido comes with a chorus that is unabashedly resolute. But I will go down with this shit. And I won't put my hands up and surrender. have to admire Dido for penning such a brutally honest pay-on to Love Lost. But even more than that, you have to admire her delivery. Her verses are statements of truth, pitch perfect in their matter-of-factness. This allows her chorus to sail upwards towards victory, no matter how much hope has faded. The bridge does something different here, though. The speaker is finding hope again and realizing that it's not another person that she's refusing to give up, but it's her own emotions. Dido is making peace with the fact that some love never dies and that she is strong enough to contain that love within herself. Rarely are number one hit songs this thoughtfully self-affirming. White Flag, in effect, becomes a sort of reimagining of Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You, defiant, heartbreaking, and yet finding joy in the power of love itself, even if the romance wasn't meant to be. This is what we mean by being fluent in the language of emotion. And this remarkable fluency is one of Dido's greatest strengths and one of her greatest contributions to pop music. Will be no white flag 
back above my door I'm in love and always will be There's plenty more after the break. You're listening to American 100. Oh, okay. Can you tell me your name uh, and what it is that you do for your work? Uh, my name is Brad Spiegel, and I'm a resilience planner for the Louisiana Watershed Initiative. On the first episode of River Runs Backwards, we covered the concept of watersheds with our expert, Bradley Spiegel. He took us on a tour of his neighborhood where the city is implementing a project using the concept of something called green infrastructure to mitigate flooding. I'd love to show you. All right, let's go. <laughs> However, we were not able to take a deep dive into the material that day. But luckily for y'all, we recorded the whole thing. Is this cool? It is cool. <laughs> now, we offer Brad's entire interview as a little bit of land yap for our Patreon subscribers. That this house is much higher than what we're standing on in the street. Uh-oh. Gunshot or firework? Firework. Firework. Yeah, firework. <laughs> the good and the bad. Just go to patreon.com slash cicada radio. Even as little as a dollar a month means the world to us. Plus, you'll get swag. And don't forget to subscribe to River Runs Backwards wherever you get your podcasts. I had a lot of fun going back and listening to music from the early 2000s for this episode. That time period was a pretty formative one for me musically. And so for this segment, I'd like to explore a few under-recognized albums from that era that helped me along my musical journey. The American Analog Set is an exercise in beautiful restraint. Based out of Austin, Texas, the American Analog Set's music is downbeat but driving. Their sound based on dynamic repetition and meditative grooves. Their 2001 album, Know By Heart, is an album fit for any contemplative setting. Brushes hitting snare drums that seem to be present in the corner of your room. Clean electric guitars that warm the dark parts in your soul. The American Analog Set took their cues from Krautrock instrumental bands of the 1970s and 80s, but the album Know By Heart is totally unique and sounds unlike anything before or after it. Basement Jacks define English dance music for me. They've had tremendous critical success and even an acceptable level of commercial success, thanks in large part to their 2001 smash single, Where's Your Head At? They began as an underground house music duo in Brixton, playing in literal basements, and their success allowed them the opportunity to collaborate with various vocalists on their 2003 album, Kish Cash. 
This is one of my favorite dance albums of all time, and it features Susie Hsu, Michelle Indigocello, and Dizzy Rascal, and they all lend their voices to one of the most colorful albums of the early 2000s. Kish Cash is a rare treat. It's an album that's as sonically sophisticated as it is rug-cutting and head-bopping. most underappreciated hip-hop album in my collection is 2005's Beauty in the Beat by Maryland rapper and producer Edon. Clocking in at a svelte 34 minutes, Beauty in the Beat's experimental yet incredibly tasteful production values are matched by Edon's equally clever wit and turn of phrase. I recommend this album to everyone. It frequently appears on my top five hip-hop albums ever list in my mind. And whenever I drop Edon's name, music enthusiasts say, who? Edon has only released three studio albums, all of them fantastic. One of the truly great psychedelic hip-hop moments in music, Beauty and the Beat is a must-listen for anyone who appreciates turntables, vintage beats, head-spinning lyrics, and confident flow. All right, Rando, what's that time again? Time to randomly select the year and the two songs that we are going to talk about on the next episode of American 100. Commencing randomization. The year 1990 and the numbers 18 and 56. Which correlate with Black Velvet by Alana Miles and I Wish It Would Rain Down by Phil Collins. American 100 is produced by me, Micah McKee, along with Asher Griffith and is, of course, presented by Cicada Radio. And we're going to close this show with the song Vapors by the late, great Biz Marquis. From all of us at American 100, thanks for listening, and always keep a song in your heart. Radio, TV, and even the press say what's the meaning of V-A-P-O-R-S. The meaning of this word, without no doubt, means nobody want to beat that one you're down and out. Now when you're established and got a lot of money, everybody want to be your buddy and honey. Like tall buildings, they call skyscrapers. And you feel it. Nothing can save you, but this is the season of catching the vapors. And since I got time, what I'm going to do is tell you how they spread it throughout my crew. Well, you all know T.J. Swan, who sang on my records. Make the music nobody beats the biz. Well, check it. Back in the day, before This is Cicada Radio. Sing, love, die. die, die, die.